Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Donald Trump held a very bizarre and unhinged rally in Waco, Texas. I want to go over with you what took place in this incredibly traitorous, dangerous, and very strange event uh, that Donald Trump took part in in front of a very, very, very small crowd. It's not a coincidence that Donald Trump chose to speak at Waco, Texas. That is the site over 30 years ago. It's now the 30th anniversary of the Waco siege where a religious cult known as the Branch Davidians, led by someone named David Koresh, was stockpiling unlawful weapons. The ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Bureau within the Department of Justice, went to execute a search warrant. The Branch Davidians started shooting at the ATF members. Four ATF members died, and after a 51-day standoff, uh, dozens of Branch Davidians uh, died as well. But uh, the Branch Davidian Waco situation is something frequently uh, that is talked about by domestic terrorists, and it was actually what was pointed to by the Oklahoma City bombing uh, terrorist Timothy McVeigh. Uh, when he carried out the Oklahoma City bomb. So this is why Donald Trump chose to speak in Waco, Texas uh, on the 30th anniversary. This is also one of the reasons why the House MAGA Republicans held a hearing uh, this past week where they attacked the ATF and are calling for the abolition and defunding the ATF. But let's go back now to the event. And I want to play you some clips so you can just see for yourself just how completely deranged Donald Trump Trump is and this event is. And then after, I want to talk to you about the media coverage of this event so you can see how incongruent and just how both sides the media tries to present this complete and utter insanity that I'm about to show you. So going to Donald Trump's speech again in front of a very small crowd in Waco, Texas, maybe a thousand people, a few thousand people, not a big crowd at all. During the speech, Donald Trump began by talking about how he talked to Putin, how Putin's on top of his game, how President Xi's on top of his game, uh, how Putin is going to take over Ukraine. Here, play this clip. I used to talk to Putin. I got along well with Putin. I used to talk to Putin about it. It's something he certainly had in his mind. Never even talked about it. For four years, you didn't even hear about it. As soon as I was out or left or however you want to describe that catastrophe, They started putting soldiers on the border. But even then, he didn't want to do it. He wanted to get a piece. Now it looks like he'll end up probably getting the whole thing. But I've never seen anything like it, what's happened. And if you saw the other day with President Xi, smart, top of his game. President Putin, smart, very smart people, standing there talking about the world order for the next 100 years. That's one of the saddest things you can imagine, one of the saddest. Oh, and I forgot to mention that at the start of the event, before Donald Trump spoke, 
they told the crowd to put your hands over your heart uh, for the singing of the Justice for All song by Donald Trump and the January 6th choir. Watch this disgusting cult behavior. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise and place your hand over your heart for the number one song on iTunes, Amazon, and the Billboard charts. Justice for All, featuring President Donald J. Trump and the J6 Choir. Then Donald Trump pivots to the big lie and spreading conspiracy theories about the 2020 election. Here's Donald Trump saying that he won in 2016 and 2020. Play the clip. They don't like it. They don't like it. We won in 2016. We won by much more in 2020, but it was rigged. Donald Trump then blames the United States Supreme Court for why he lost in the 2020 election and says the Supreme Court didn't do the right thing. And he also goes and says that tax returns are sacred and that he thought lawyers are sacred. And now that lawyers have to testify, it uh, is no longer a sacred profession to be a lawyer. I have no clue what he's talking about uh, here. Well, I'll surmise what he's talking about. Well, his tax returns were turned over, the Supreme Court ordered that they be turned over. And there is not a complete taxpayer's privilege where you engage in criminal conduct. Also, every single president turned over their tax returns other than Donald Trump, who lied that he was being audited. And that's the reason why he couldn't turn over uh, his returns. And then the reason that his lawyer had to testify or his lawyers have had to testify before the criminal grand jury and special counsel Jack Smith's ongoing investigation is because federal courts and federal judges have made determinations that Donald Trump was using the legal representation in furtherance of a criminal scheme here. Play this clip of Donald Trump. But the Supreme Court is afraid, just like Republicans are afraid, to do something about what has happened. And they have to fight. The Supreme Court didn't have the courage to right the wrong of the 2020 election. They knew what was going on. Tax returns were always considered sacred. Lawyers, in their own way, if you can believe this, were considered sacred. Today, lawyers go before Grand juries all over this place, if they happen to be lawyers representing Republicans, and they treat lawyers like they're criminals. It used to be if you had a lawyer, the lawyer was somebody that was very much considered from the standpoint of what we're talking about above reproach. Now they get thrown in with everybody else, and it's a very unusual situation that's taking place. And again, legal scholars can't believe what they're witnessing. Here, Donald Trump talks about Stormy Daniels and said there wasn't an affair. And he goes and uses a misogynistic and just hateful uh, term that he calls her. He calls her horse face. Here, play this clip. You know, uh, Marjorie is here, truth to vote. And they found at least five million instances on tape and the courts didn't want to even look at it. The district attorney of New York, under the auspices and direction of the Department of Injustice in Washington, D.C., was investigating me for something that is not a crime, not a misdemeanor, not an affair. I never liked horse face. I never liked, I never, it's just not, it's terrible. Thing. That wouldn't be the one there is no one. We have a great first lady. 
Then Donald Trump tells the crowd how he never knew what a subpoena meant before, and now he's able to recognize based on the color what the type of uh, subpoena he's receiving. Play this clip. If I didn't know what subpoena meant, now I'm one of the kings. I know exa- I can look at the color. I can tell you where that one came from. Oh, that's a nice. Now, if I didn't do all that stuff, or if I was doing badly in the polls, instead of the numbers we are at 69 and 59 to a very small number, uh, it would, you know, they wouldn't be going after me. When they go after me, they're going after you. Donald Trump's next big thing he's talking about with the crowd is baby bonuses. This is part of the dog whistle that he makes about white replacement theory. And so his whole thing is, is, and it's very much in line with kind of authoritarians and very kind of Hitler-esque about supporting a master race. And he's not using those exact terms, but what he's referring to the crowd is we need a baby boom. And he's referring to certain types of babies. Here, play this clip. We will support baby bonuses. So many people like that for the new baby boom that will be coming. We need babies. So then he goes from talking about baby bonuses to freedom cities. He wasn't able to even build a wall. He claimed Mexico was going to pay for it. They didn't pay for it. Steve Bannon claimed that he was going to GoFundMe, raise a a GoFundMe money, which Steve Bannon then used for uh, himself, apparently, and he's being criminally prosecuted out of uh, New York, and Donald Trump pardoned Steve Bannon for that. But Donald Trump couldn't even do the most basic tasks. Uh, he couldn't even figure out how to like uh, just do anything. And now he's saying um, he's going to build freedom cities. Like he couldn't build it. He couldn't get infrastructure. Couldn't get a healthcare plan. And now he's saying he's going to build new freedom, new freedom cities, new monuments, and classical style buildings. Play this clip. Talking about greatness. For our country again, our objective will be a quantum leap in American standards of living. We will hold a competition to build new freedom cities throughout our country, giving countless Americans a new shot at home ownership and a real shot at the American dream. We will build new monuments to our great American heroes. We won't tear them down, we'll build them up. Clean out homeless camps from our inner cities, get rid of ugly buildings that are hurting those cities and other places and return to the magnificent classical style of Western civilization. Here, Donald Trump talks about, he goes, nobody laughed at us when he was the president. People literally laughed at you. People are still laughing at you. Foreign countries are laughing. Everybody is laughing at you. It's all projection for Donald Trump. Here, play this clip. The whole place was laughing. They're laughing in our country. We don't want anyone to laugh. Nobody laughed at our country when I ran it, I can tell you that. Here, Donald Trump talks about dirty airports. Uh, and that there aren't enough pilots to fly planes. And he talks about it to this weird, ominous music in the background. Play the clip. A nation where once revered airports are dirty. They're a crowded mess. You sit and wait for hours and then are notified that the plane won't leave. And they have no idea when it will. Where ticket prices have tripled. They don't have the pilots to fly the planes. They don't seek qualified air traffic controllers and they just don't know what the hell 
they are doing. Here, Donald Trump lies and claims that there have been many prosecutors who have resigned from their job in uh, New York and other places because they thought that Donald Trump was innocent. And then Donald Trump refers to some of the prosecutors who did leave the Manhattan District Attorney's Office as human scum. Uh, Play this clip. He said, let's go get Trump. They even had numerous prosecutors who resigned because I was being treated unfairly. That made me feel so good when I heard that. Think of it. People actually in a Democrat area, Democrat office, they resigned. Did you know that? They resigned. A lot of them resigned the office because they said, you can't treat a man like this. He didn't do anything wrong. But the two lead prosecutors, absolute human scum, won a Hillary Clinton lawyer from a Hillary Clinton law firm. Do you believe that? How about a guy who represents Hillary Clinton? He's in a law firm that represents Democrat. It's headed up by Chuck Schumer's brother, this law firm, Robert Schumer. Think of this. Now think of this. And he calls up the prosecutor. The, think of this. He calls up the district attorney of Manhattan. He said, I'd like to come and work for free. I'm going to leave. I represent Hillary Clinton. We represent the DNC, the Democrat Party. I don't even know if you know this. And he said, I want to work for free. He's a bad guy, known as a bad guy. I want to work for free to get Trump. And they bring him into the office. He becomes the head prosecutor. Then you had another one similar. And then he goes out and he quits because the head of the office, who I respected, but then he went bad because he so came to pressure, but the head of the office said, no, we can't get him on anything. He didn't do anything wrong. Changed his mind a little bit on a couple of little things, but that's okay. But he was under a great deal of pressure. Now I understand that he's made up his mind and he agrees with his original feeling that we did nothing wrong. And here's Donald Trump telling the crowd that not only is he innocent, he claims he's the most innocent person ever. Everything he says is a lie. Play the clip. And yet after going over 11 million pages of documents, I built a great company. They've got nothing. They've got nothing. Think of it. 11 million pages. And my tax returns on top of it. And they're a big return. It probably makes me the most innocent man in the history of our country. Friends of mine say that. In this clip, Donald Trump attacks Michael Cohen, his own lawyer. Doesn't mention in this clip that Cohen was his former lawyer. Play the clip. They took the word of a proven liar, a convicted felon, and a disbarred lawyer. All the same person, believe it or not. You wouldn't think that could go to one person. It would be three, four, five. Over some of the most respected and prestigious people, in the country and in New York City, some of the most respected lawyers testifying against. They looked at all of these pages of documents. They went back to old cases that were summarily rejected by many prosecutors, highly respected prosecutors, Democrat prosecutors all. In this clip, Donald Trump talks about how the insurrectionists are being treated unfairly. He refers to them as the, in the Tucker Carlson tapes, as he uh, refers to them as, and he goes, no one's a better expert on this than Marjorie Taylor Greene. Play this clip. Under Joe Biden, American patriots are being arrested and held in captivity like animals. Look at what's happening in Washington. And I will tell you, Marjorie Taylor Greene is the expert. She's been to that prison many times. She's described, she is, there is nobody that has described 
What's happening in that prison, it's a hellhole. And these are soldiers and policemen and firemen and medics and doctors in a couple of cases. These are people that shouldn't have been there. And when you look at the Tucker Carlson tapes from two weeks ago and you see so many things that turned out to be false, very important what Tucker's done, what Sean has done, what Laura did. Laura did a piece last night that was incredible. Here, Donald Trump talks about how a famous, he doesn't say who it is, it's like he makes up these stories, but he goes, a famous man asked me, how do you put on your clothes in the morning? What? Play the clip. I had a man come up to me, a very famous man. Almost everybody probably would have heard of him, a businessman. I saw him about two weeks ago. He said to me, could I ask you, I'd never even liked him very much, to be honest, but he did say it. He said, could I speak to you for a second? Yeah. Mr. President, I'd like to ask you one question. How do you take it? I said, take what? How do you take the abuse? How do you wake up in the morning and put on your clothing? How do you put on a shirt? Every single day there, if that ever happened to me, I think I wouldn't know what to do. And then Donald Trump just spends the rest of the time going after uh, Ron DeSantis. Here he talks about how Florida was successful before Ron DeSantis was the governor. Play the clip. But think how bad Florida would be. Remember one thing, Florida has been tremendously successful for many years, long before this guy became governor. Florida was tremendously successful under Rick Scott. He was, oh, I, look, whether you like him or not, Charlie Crist, it was very successful. He was a Republican at the time. But Florida's been successful for decades. In fact, probably as or more successful than it is now. Here, Donald Trump says Ron DeSantis, who he calls DeSantis, is not doing well with any group. Play the clip. They keep saying, oh, I think DeSantis can do okay with farmers. I don't think so. Based, based on polls, he's not doing okay with anything. Well, it's never good to try and destroy Social Security. It's never good to raise the minimum age to a very high level, which was not good, and to go against Medicare and try and obliterate it. These are a few of the good facts. It's also not good when you look statistically at how he did on COVID. Not well at all. He's in a very bad position. Or you look at how he does on crime. Not good. Not good. We have great Republican governors, actually, who did really much better, who shut down their states for a very short time or, in some cases, didn't shut them down at all. I look at South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee. I mean, we had some states that did a phenomenal job with no shutdowns. You know, I gave them the right not to shut down. Not everybody. You didn't have to shut down. But in the case of Florida, they unfortunately did shut it down. They shut down the beaches. They shut down everything. So now that people are finding out about what happened, they're saying, man, he's dropping like a rock. And I wonder why. Here, Donald Trump says that he's not a fan of Ron DeSantis. Play the clip. But when you're getting a guy so he gets the nomination because of you, he wins the election because of you. Two years later, the fake news is up there saying, will you run against the president? Will you run? And he says, I have no comment. I say, that's not supposed to happen. I have no comment. No. So I'm not, I'm not a big fan, but I love, I love, that's right, he's a disciple of Paul Ryan. He is actually a disciple. That's why he wanted to cut 
Social Security and Medicare. And here Donald Trump says that Ron DeSantis begged him and cried begging for an endorsement uh, when DeSantis ran for governor. Play the clip. But I'm a loyalist and and when a man comes to me, tears in his eyes, he's at almost nothing in the polls. And he's fighting somebody that's at 42 and he's got almost $30 million in the bank. He's at almost nothing, he's got no cash. And I said, I can't give you an endorsement. There's no way you can win. You're dead. But he fought a little bit, like 150. He was certainly no Jim Jordan, that I can tell you. He fought a little bit, just a little bit, on impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, meaning on television, because I didn't know him very well. But I saw him, so he came and he really wanted. I said, you can't win, can you? How do you can win? Sir, if you endorse me, I'll win. Please, please, sir, endorse me. And I said, all right, let's give it a shot. So you've seen that rally for yourself right now. Small crowd, very bizarre. He's calling Stormy Daniels a, a horse face, horrific. He is uh, calling prosecutors human scum. He's bragging about his conversations with Putin and President Xi. He's calling them intelligent and saying that they're at the top of their game and is uh, in a very traitorous way saying that Putin is going to take over all of Ukraine. Um, he spends all this time claiming he doesn't know what subpoenas are. So the way media networks should treat that is the way we treat it here at the Midas Touch Network, right? You call that out and say that is fascism, that is weird, that is cult behavior, that in normal political rallies, we're supposed to talk about things like jobs and education and healthcare and lowering prescription drug prices and infrastructure and bringing manufacturing jobs here and improving people's working conditions and increasing people's wages and protecting our veterans and protecting our seniors and protecting the most vulnerable here in our country and protecting a woman's right to control her own body. I mean, we should talk about those things because those are the things that Americans deal with each and every day. But as I've said, this modern day Republican party is now the MAGA Republican Trump cult and they go through everything that you just saw, just weird, dangerous stuff. But here, this is the Associated Press, the AP, right? They are supposed to be you know, objective and say, just report the facts. This is how the AP reported the event that you just saw with your own eyes. Trump facing potential indictment holds defiant Waco rally. Waco, Texas, facing a potential indictment, Donald Trump took a defiant stance at a rally Saturday in Waco, disparaging the prosecutors investigating him and predicting his vindication as he rallied supporters in a city made famous by deadly resistance against law enforcement. With a hand over his heart, Trump stood at attention when his rally opened with a song called Justice for All, performed by a choir of people imprisoned for their roles in the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. 
Capitol. Some footage from the insurrection was shown on big screens displayed at the rally site as the choir sang the national anthem and a recording played of Trump reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. The extraordinary display opened Trump's first rally of his 2024 Republican presidential campaign. He then launched into a speech brimming with resentments and framed the New York probes, including the New York grand jury investigation as political attacks on him and his followers, right? They, they, they almost romanticize what took place right there. What they should be saying is that Donald Trump held an anti-American fascist rally that completely betrays all of the values uh, that we hold dear in this country in our constitution, this dangerous rally reflects new depths of depravity for an already disgusting human being and a domestic terroristic movement that he leads. That's the reality. That's what is going on there. And by the way, that's why the Midas Touch Network continues to grow because we're just calling it out. And it's not that hard. That's just the reality. I refuse to be gaslit and watch what you and I just saw there on the montage of clips that I've just presented and say, oh, that's just another political party. That's just another viewpoint. And Ben, you're just politicizing these issues. No. No, if someone was up there and he was talking about policy and small government and lowering taxes and giving a normal presentation, we could have a normal debate. But that, what we saw is fascism, it is cult behavior, it is beyond strange, and it is anti-American. It's that simple. We're calling it out here. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe as we continue to grow this platform together. Thank you so much for those who have subscribed. For those who haven't, please, it's free to subscribe. And so wherever you get your YouTube, just hit subscribe. I mean, just click the subscribe button, whether it's on your phone or on your computer, you'll see it. Just hit subscribe. Also, wherever you get your audio, search Midas Touch Podcast. M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H. Subscribe to the Midas Touch podcast. It is free. Subscribe to the Legal AF podcast. Subscribe to Political Beatdown. Subscribe to all the Midas Touch podcasts. Also, check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. I think you will love the content we have on our Patreon memberships. Most importantly, though, it helps grow this platform. Until next time, I'm Ben Micellis. Thanks for watching. And now, please hit subscribe on YouTube. It is free. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com.